0: Right, I saw a
1: couple of things I've never seen before, Steve Versnick, at the Bucks and the Jets game in uh, East Rutherford, New Jersey. One, I saw a player literally quit his job during a game on an NFL field. As you all know, unless you're under a rock, Antonio Brown, sometime in the third quarter with his team down by two touchdowns, was asked to go back in the game by Bruce Arians and said no. Apparently his ankle was sore, even though he had played an entire half of plus of football. And then Arians said, in essence, well, then you're done for the day. And so, you know, those conversations happen all the time in the National Football League. What doesn't happen is what Brown did next, which was on the sideline with Mike Evans begging him not to do this took off his shoulder pads and his jersey, put that on the ground, his helmet was off already, marched to the end zone where he then ripped off his undershirt and his gloves, threw them into the seats in the end zone, got the crowd all hyped up, then gave the peace out sign and walked out of his career. I, I have never seen a guy quit in the middle of an NFL game, and I've been doing this for three-plus decades. Well, we, s- we saw Arians Vontae after-
2: Davis do it a couple years ago with the Bills. He did it at halftime.
1: Well, he didn't come out at halftime, yeah, after yeah, halftime. Right. He didn't come out. Yeah. But in this in this manner, no. you know, and Vontae, I guess, had been contemplating retiring anyway. Um, and, and, and look, nobody's going to give him a hall pass either. But to make a spectacle of yourself, to to get – be half-naked running into the tunnel to the point where the security guard saw this dude running half-naked and they stopped him. They thought he was a fan.
2: <laughs> you know, I thought... And then he gets in there. I, I, I was working the yeah. lightning game, so I'm I'm, I'm watching it as yeah. working the, the lightning game today. And they were playing at the same time. And I see this happen. I'm like, oh, A.B.'s just going to get his booster shot. Ah, <laughs> yeah. uh You know what? He was going to
1: televise that one, too. He doesn't need to because i got to be honest with you. And and everybody, you know, come after me. Here we go. Oh, Stroud hates A.B. No. It was never about that. It never has been about that. Yes, I wrote a story that the man used fake vaccination cards, and so did Mike Edwards, and so did John Franklin, and they all got suspended three games because it was true. Okay? But it's the Buccaneers who decided – not just last year, but also this year, to bring him back. And not only that, and we'll talk a lot about this, I'm sure, in this podcast, but on top of that, because it was an unbelievable comeback win. Oh, yeah, by the way, the Bucks needed a 93-yard drive in the final two minutes, scored with 15 seconds left. Tom Brady to Cyril, Cyril Grayson again for the touchdown. That guy's become a star in two weeks, and they won. They beat the Jets after being down two tutties. So there's your lead. We buried it. But Brown takes all the oxygen, or has been, from this team, and he did again on Sunday. And it's just it's incredible to me you know, that in many ways this football team enabled them. And we can go back and we say, well, who's to blame? Well, is it Bruce Arians? Is it Jason Light? Is it all of them? Is it Tom Brady? They re-signed this guy. We know the legal problems he had before they did it. Reached a settlement with his ex-trainer, who accused him of god awful things. And they waited two weeks and brought him back. He was the last free agent, by the way, that they resigned of those twenty-two guys. You know, he was the last one. He starts out the season. He's playing well. They're five and zero. He gets hurt. Okay, fine. Then comes the Vax card thing, and he's suspended for three games, two of which they said he would be hurt. All right. When he came back the week of their their last game in Carolina, the Bucs didn't trot him out there before us. We were going to get him on a Friday, and they made us wait around for like 10 minutes, and he didn't show up. So he never was accountable. This has been the thing with Antonio Brown's entire career. He's never accountable. And the Bucs didn't hold him accountable. They didn't make him go out there and, and you know do the mea copas, and I was wrong to do this or whatever you think I did, whatever. Nothing like that. So then what happens? He goes and he plays against the Panthers, and he has 10 catches for 101 yards. Phenomenal game. 15 targets. He was Brady's favorite guy. And now they put him out in front of the microphones. And what does he do? Starts blasting the media for being creating drama. No accountability again. Zero. None. Nada. Okay. It's this guy, this guy, this person, that person, you guys, you reporters, blah, blah, blah. And, oh, by the way, what was it he said? Uh, Some people tried to frame me. Frame me. No accountability whatsoever. So what happens when you never hold a guy accountable? Feels like he can do whatever he wants. And so when this happens on Sunday... The Bucks got exactly, exactly what they had bargained for. This guy was a ticking time bomb, you know? And they knew it when they signed him, and that's why Bruce Arian said it's a no-tolerance policy, and then he went back on it. And what did that cost them? A hell of an embarrassment. And who knows, because they're going to miss him as a football player. There's no question about that. Who knows what it will cost them – in the end. Fortunately for them, he didn't cost them Sunday's game because guys that have worked their butts off to play, like Tyler Johnson, like Cyril Grayson, Cyril Grayson, they, they managed to make the plays in the final drive down the stretch with A.B. On an, in an Uber on his way to a plane someplace, not with the team. And, you know, there's there's a bunch of posts on his Instagram. I mean, he didn't stop, right? It's not like he went out gracefully. You know, there's Instagrams from the Uber driver. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable, just the noise and the amount of oxygen this guy has sucked out of this franchise just in this past year. And you know what? Bruce tried to keep it on the game on Sunday. That's why he wouldn't address it. I promise you there's going to have to be more discussion about this. Now, they won't want to talk about it, but, you know, when you talk about accountability, who's accountable for these decisions? And did it, did it not come back to bite them? The way it bit the Pittsburgh Steelers. The way it bit the Oakland Raiders. The way it bit the New England Patriots. And now, finally, the way it bit the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The question is, does this guy ever play another single down of football? I think it's unimaginable that he does in the NFL.
2: Well, the USFL is starting this spring. <laughs>
1: well, okay. <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> There's a new league somewhere, I suppose.
2: To be part of the Tampa Bay Bandits.
1: I think he's going to end up boxing Jake Paul.
2: He, apparently know? in his uh, Instagram tonight, he's been talking about a Netflix show that he's starting or doing or...
1: Oh, there you go. He dropped a new single, yeah, I saw too, I, apparently. Dropped a new rap video, yeah. Yeah. Football was definitely on his mind, uh, not for long. It's, it's you know, and here's the thing. This was a big win for them. Huge. They were losing to the New York Jets, man, and they were losing convincingly. They were down 14. They trailed, as, as Tom Brady said, we trailed this game. For fifty nine minutes and forty five seconds, they didn't have the lead until Grayson hits the pylon with a great effort on a thirty what was it thirty something yard touchdown mm-hmm. pass. I mean, they were they were going to get cooked by one of the worst teams in the National Football League with their rookie quarterback and no players. All their all their offensive players or stars or whatever stars they had on offense are out. This is going to be a cataclysmic loss. Now as it stands, because the Rams managed to pull one out at the end on Sunday, um, now as it stands, they're the third seed, but the Rams got to play the 49ers, and the 49ers need to win to get in the playoffs, and they've beaten the Rams five in a row. If they get it to six and the Bucks beat Carolina at home, they're the number. The Bucks are the number two seed in the only place that they can go on the road if they continue to win, is Green Bay. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, all that, I'm not that big a fan of Green Bay, and I don't mean like in terms of rah-rah. I mean like I don't think they're as good as, as their record or their seed indicates, in my opinion. But the Bucks are a beat-up bunch as well now, and now they don't have Antonio Brown, who no matter what you think about him as a person or as a you know, time bomb, he still helps them win. He helped them again on Sunday. They had a 21-yard catch that they absolutely needed. But this was embarrassing on so many levels for the Bucs. And even Tom Brady, you know, couldn't talk his way out of this one. I mean, he basically had to say, look, there's a lot of problems going on. I would hope that people can be empathetic or sympathetic or whatever he said. And I know this is going to come down like it's going to seem seem harsh, you know, like, hey, he's – you know there's so much pressure and mental illness is is something that's gotten rightfully a lot of tension, and you know all this sort of thing i I suppose there's definitely something been wrong for a while, but I think the bucks have to own this decision I think they they have to you know say that you know bringing them back for a second year was a big risk, and it just cost us it just bit us. They didn't lose the game, but I think, I think they lost a lot of accountability on their own part. You know, I'm still waiting for somebody to say, Hey, this was a, this was a mistake. I own this decision. This was our decision. We were wrong to do it. And in the end, we might've gotten a couple wins, you know, but, it but, it was inevitable that he embarrassed our franchise on Sunday.
2: He did. He and that, embarrassed the game of football. And that may come today. I mean, I, I'll it might. I'll give props to Bruce Arians. You know, right after a game, you know, you kind of know what happens during the game, but you're not. I mean, he knew that Antonio left, but beyond that, that's it. He wanted to put the focus on the comeback that the team just had performed to win that game, and that's the right thing to do on Sunday. Yeah. And, and you know, now come Monday in the press conference, that's a different story. You know, now yeah. now it's time to answer those questions. You know, you could deflect it on Sunday and rightfully so. You know, that was a great comeback. And, and you know, you said they led for 15 seconds of the game. And, and a, a crucial game. To, to keep a shot for a number two seat. you still had a shot at a one seed going into sunday night as we tape this the packers are up pretty big so it looks like they're going to clinch the number one seat but you still had a shot at it that was a yeah. big win and, and and important and and probably important for grayson's confidence and, and many others on the team and, and so you know bruce Herring's putting the focus there on sunday was right monday monday questions have to be answered
1: We'll see. I don't, I don't know that they're any more inclined to answer it on Monday than they were on Sunday. I think they're going to say we're moving on. He's not part of the team. I'll talk about anybody that's on the team. And, and I don't think that's the right approach. You know? Uh, and and I – look, is it going to change anything that's happened? No. Is it going to help them win the next game? No. But at the end of the day, there has to be somebody stand up in the organization and say, you know, this this is on us. This is on me. You know, whatever. Just be accountable and then move on. And I do agree with you. I understand why Bruce wanted to keep the focus on the on the players on the field because they just won an unbelievable comeback. You know, it's I know Tom Brady has done this a lot of times, right? He's made a career of it. But it doesn't matter. It's still incredibly hard to do. No timeouts. Uh what, two minutes to go, ninety three yards, not like you're driving sixty, had to score a touchdown, had to, right? And not to Gronkowski, who had a huge game. Not throwing to, you know, both running backs, by the way, were out. We don't know what their status is going to be. Ronald Jones had his ankle injury, and he had to leave the game. And then Keyshawn Vaughn got hit in the ribs, and he was out. And so Le'Veon Bell, in his second week in Tampa, ends up coming in and playing a huge role for them down the mm-hmm. stretch. So they were leaking oil all over the place. And like I said... It was and, – and, you know, congratulations to Tyler Johnson. Thanks for finally showing up for the 2021 season, now 22. Because he had done absolutely nothing with plenty of opportunity, by the way. Well, he showed up on the final drive. He made some big catches. And him and Grayson got him in the end zone. And Brady went to him because they had the single coverage, and they beat it. And that's what you're supposed to do with single coverage. Gronk was bracketed. Mike was doubled. I mean, so they – they did what they had to do and Tom Brady's the goat I mean that's he's the goat for a reason so I mean it was it was I really didn't even with Brady I didn't think they had a ton of chances and and to be honest with you the Jets screwed up as only the Jets could do they became the Jets because Zach Wilson had played a pretty good game but they were they were killing them um, on the ground quite a bit and most of it came on an early run, a 55-yard run early in the game. But they had fourth and two at the eight-yard line, right, with a chance you could have kicked the field goal and then a touchdown doesn't beat you, right? It ties you, I suppose. Um, But they decided two yards, we're going to go for it, keep the ball out of Tom Brady's hands, and the game's over. Not a bad play. Not a bad decision, I should say, to go for it in that situation horrible play call or execution because zach wilson on a two-yard sneak is not going to get there now they had a guy coming across the formation i think he was supposed to hand it to him on a reverse that had worked all day and listening to uh their head coach after the game sounded like that zach kind of blew it um maybe he saw something maybe he thought he could you know call the sneak and get in there or whatever that was not that was not the play they intended to run. And Joe Tryon, Shawinka, and Antoine Winfield Jr. stopped him cold. Otherwise, they don't get the ball back. And Tom Brady doesn't get to drive them 93 yards. But, I mean, it was a terrific finish for them in a game that they were outplayed. And it just goes to show you, you know, like, you know, the Bucs are still trying to figure this out, right? With all the injuries they have on defense, they didn't have Shaq Barrett. Didn't have Jason Pierre-Paul. Those guys really, I don't think they sacked Wilson once. Um, And then early in the game, we haven't even gotten to this. How about the ordeal of Sean Murphy Bunting and Jamel Dean on Sunday? What a crazy story that was. So these two guys are left behind because they came off COVID protocol, but they weren't able to travel with the team the way Bruce Arians was. Bruce Arians was activated from from COVID, but he was able to get on the plane and flew in on Saturday night. Dean and Murphy Bunting had a private plane chartered for them, and they were supposed to get to the stadium, you know, two, three hours before the game. Except Dean gets a call and says... Uh, the plane you were supposed to take, yeah, the pilot called in. He's got COVID. we got to find you another pilot. And Teen thought he was being pranked. He went to the airport. Murphy Bunning had heard nothing about it. So they sat around for a couple hours, got him a new pilot. They finally take off around 930 in the morning. Now, the game's at 1, right? You're warming up by noon, and it's about a two, two two-and-a-half-hour flight up here. So they finally go wheels up. They both fall asleep because they've been up at the crack of dawn. And they realized, what the hell, we're still flying? Like, how far is this place, man? And turns out because of weather, they had to be diverted, and they, they both said, well, yeah, they flew us in here through Canada, which I suppose is a way of saying they had to go around a bunch of storms. And then they landed, and they got a police escort, which sounded like Mr. Toad's wild ride. They were doing 100 miles an hour to get there. And by the time they got to the stadium... The, you know, the game was ready to start. I mean, it was like just minutes before the game. So they didn't have no any warm-ups. The plan was to start them. Bruce Arians could not start them because they weren't stretched. They weren't loosened up. And I think he left them in the game. He left the other guys in the game a little too long. Like Pierre Desir missed two or three major tackles on some breakout runs. And, you know, right away the Jets went ahead. You know, 7 nothing, 7-7, 14-7, you know, finally made it – um you know, two-touchdown game going in, into the fourth quarter. And they were in trouble. I mean, the Bucks were in trouble in this game. And, and you know, like Brady said, he goes, hey, those guys had a really good game plan. Um, we only had the ball one possession in the first quarter. You know, they did a good job of keeping Brady on the sidelines. But then Brady just became Brady again. And years from now, Steve, we'll look at this 44-year-old quarterback Because I'm pretty sure Aaron Rodgers is going to win the MVP again. I don't know why, but he will. And we're going to go, holy cow, was that guy good. Like 44 years old and he was still slinging it and still bringing suckers back from 93 yards away.
2: He's better in his 40s than he was in his 20s. Isn't that incredible? I mean, statistically, the eye test, all of it. He's better in his 40s than he is in his 20s.
1: He's got forty touchdowns again. I think that you know matches his franchise record he set a year ago. Unbelievable! Unbelievable day! Unbelievable game! It's Unbelievable! What drama! Now, did you leave MetLife?
2: <laughs> did you leave MetLife Stadium shirtless, waiting for an Uber as well as uh, oh, Antonio? Brown
1: did? no! And I don't listen. It got. It looked like a nice, balmy day, and I guess I guess in the beginning it was. It was probably like in the low 50s and then became 40. By the time I got outside, I don't know how Antonio Brown felt about things, but by the time I got outside of the stadium around 8 o'clock, the winds were howling out of the north, northwest, whatever. It was freezing. This Florida boy, would if I had stayed there any longer, I would have died of just like elements you know just just from the elements because trying to get an uber at eight o'clock outside of metlife stadium when you go all you have to go on is the gps and the fact that i'm at the pepsi gate when no one knows where that is thank god there's what 20 million people in new york and new jersey (laughs) because one dude ishmael my uber driver showed up and made his way down into metlife after everybody was gone and found me at this gate and, and drove me back. I was a popsicle. I am I am not in any way prepared for that kind of cold. Because I didn't think it was going to get that cold to be started. I mean it was like a different world when I walked outside. But yeah, I got and it was windy. Like the Bucks were fortunate. Again, all year long all their road trips, with the exception of I don't know, maybe the one in Boston which was kind of a, you know, or New England was kind of a bad day. It rained the whole time, it was cold. But they they managed to to dodge really inclement weather, for the most part, and um, and that's certainly benefited them. But they're you know what they're twelve and four man they're going to win their thirteenth game on Sunday the end of the regular season, thirteen and four. You don't see that very often.
2: No, and it's about what we expected at the beginning of the season, which means they've lived yeah, up to the expectations, despite. The secondary being decimated by injuries, the receiving core being decimated, Um, yeah, just in in, you know that's always one of the things you know. Last season when they went on to win the Super Bowl, they didn't have a ton of injuries, particularly Mm. mounting at one position or more than one position, like they've had this year. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: That's what you know. That's what you have to avoid in the NFL. Is nobody's got a ton of depth. You can sustain an injury here or there, yeah. You can't have your whole secondary go out. Or your top right. two or three cornerbacks, or your top three receivers. You know, that's what you have to avoid in the NFL. And the Bucks have had to endure that this year, and are twelve and four.
1: Yeah, yeah. Remarkable. And Murphy Bunting went out again. I don't know if he had a concussion or what his deal is. Um, but so long as they have their secondary, you know, Anthony Nelson and Joe Tryon, Shwinka, and those guys, they were, you know. They were starting playing a lot of reps that they're not used to playing. They did okay. Frankly, they missed tackles in the secondary. You know, the Jets had a good game plan trying to get everything on the perimeter, staying away from, you know, guys like Devin White and others and making, you know, Indomicon Sue and Vita Vea have to move laterally down the line of scrimmage and make them run and run early. And, and they, they executed it well. Jets did a nice job, you know. And and Wilson was really good when he had to be on third down. They didn't get to him. They didn't get much pressure on him. So I'm sure it was an eye-opener for those those young players that just haven't been in those every-down roles. You know, it's it's one thing to come off the bench and, you know, man, I'm going to give you six great reps today. You know, I'm going to just be on fire for six straight reps. It's another thing when you're, you know, they're driving the ball and it's like play nine, play ten, you know, these guys hadn't been in those situations before. we got to learn to fight through all that. And, um, you know, they, they weren't good. They couldn't get any pressure. And that that certainly helped, uh, helped the Jets do a lot of things. The Jets were impressive. And I, I like their young quarterback. I think if they had some pieces around him and could protect him, he, he'd probably end up being pretty good. But, you know, the Bucks needed to find a way to win this game, and they did and yet the big story is Antonio Brown and whatever the hell that was because no one's ever seen it, never seen it, you know. He just, lo- he just said goodbye to his career. Like you watched the guy destroy his career, in my opinion, on national television. So I don't know. It's a crazy day, though. They got one more against Carolina at home. And then we'll see where their seeds are. And they'll uh, get the next two games in Carolina yeah, the next and then a two. playoff game. And then a playoff game. That's correct. And if somebody knocks off some teams ahead of them, but they still got a good chance because San Francisco needing to win the game mm-hmm. to make the playoffs, playing the Rams, who they have beaten five times in a row. So a win over the Rams by San Francisco, a win over the Carolina Panthers by the Bucks, and the Bucks are the two seed. And that means that they could potentially have two home games, and maybe three if Green Bay were to get tripped up somewhere. Because Green Bay's clinching home field, clinched home field advantage Sunday night. So, still a lot of football left. And how do you know that? Like, just look how week to week things changed just in the last seven days.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, if I'd have told you all this was going to happen in seven days, <laughs> my God.
2: Doesn't that pretty much sum up the last two years?
1: Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. It's gone along the way.
0: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short term plans at UH1 dot com.
1: Who was the uh somebody was somebody that would do Oh, okay, everybody's over all, all on strike. I'm not gonna take a victory lap here, folks. I just wrote that the guy used a vaccination card. It's not my job to tell the bucks where they should keep you know antonio brown or not that's john romano's job and he said it many times that he felt like they were being disingenuous and just say you want the guy because you want to win instead of you know bending yourself into pretzels all the time but it was funny because people were, were texting you know because twitter i don't know if you know this Steve. bucks twitter can be a very angry place
2: it could be it can
1: really hostile really? yeah really and the thing is i don't get it because you're winning, like. I don't know where... These must be bandwagon fans or something because they're so angry. Like, you guys are so angry. What are you angry about? You get a little taste of success and it's like, all of a sudden, oh, you know, anybody... Everything goes. Um, But, yeah, it, it can get just get angry. Angry. Who was the, the original... Remember the original press secretary? They did a skit on him on Saturday Night Live for Trump. Um, Sean Spicer. Sean Spicer. Remember Spicer? Yeah. So when they did the spoof, when they did the parody on him on on SNL, you know, he was he would yell he would yell a lot. He yelled at the media a lot, you know. And uh he just had this sort of demeanor about him. And I just was reminded of uh him saying <laughs> um he got up there uh pretending to be Sean Spicer. I forget who the it was actually uh it was an actress that was playing him. trying to think of who it was so he's up there and he said at one point because they were just beating him up you know and he's like yeah well i'm here to apologize for you to me and your apology is not accepted (laughs) it was just that's kind of how i feel you know for those of you who just decided to make this personal when it never was supposed to be um but yeah, man, it just, I have I and never want to see again, and this is true, never want to see again a guy just end his career, blow it up, put dynamite to it in the middle of a game. I never want to see that again. That, that was a spectacle that doesn't belong in professional sports, much less the NFL. And like you said, there's been other guys like they quit at halftime or maybe they walked off the field a player too early. Before the game was over, that sort of. Randy Moss did that one time, I think. Um, not great sportsmanship, for sure. But to just say, "Yeah, nah, I'm done. Sorry, guys, you're on your own. Not even gonna stick it out for you." It's crazy, man. All right, so there were some injuries. I think Sean Murphy bunting went out of the game. We mentioned the the running backs. We'll have to check on them today. Oh, there's one other one. Bruce Arians. He's been. Hobbling around with the bad Achilles. Now, we never really knew, like, uh, you know, first of all, you damage your Achilles, that's always a bad thing, right? I mean, that's that's not an injury you want. And the danger is that you tear it. And there was a report, I think it was Jay Glazer. Jay Glazer is all over Bruce Arians. He he said that Arians has a partially, I guess it's a partially torn Achilles, according to Arians. Uh, And fortunately, to this point, he hasn't needed surgery but let me let me tell you. This guy is in pain, man. He is limping around out right out of the locker room to the sideline like, you know. And he's bound to determine, like I am not having surgery. I am not having surgery and you know, hopefully that thing doesn't rupture all the way. If it's partially ruptured, that's not a good sign. But he's he's coaching hurt. I mean, as if enough people aren't hurt, right? Coming off COVID, which was a you know, that that was that made the whole week crazy because they had so many different guys with COVID, including Bruce. And, but he was able to make it back in the five days with the new protocol. And Mike Evans made it back. But, yeah, hate would hate to see B.A. go out. You know, that's what – that's what. Uh, by the way, Mark Tompkin has that injury. Mark's was so bad that they actually had a surgical procedure where they went in there and cut it. <laughs> like, they cut it because it wasn't going to heal unless they just, like, ruptured it. Mm-hmm. So they surgically they surgically cut it so it could uh, could heal and then sewed it back together. So I went to the lightning game on New Year's Eve, but I w- I was kind of bent about it because I wanted to watch the college football playoffs. Can I just tell you? Really glad I went to the lightning game. <laughs> um, the Cincinnati game was actually should have been a better result than it was. I mean, I don't know if Cincinnati would have won the game, but but for a you know a batted ball and a slant pass for a touchdown here uh, or a bad game plan overall I think there. Um Cincinnati made a better accounting of themselves you know against Alabama than Michigan did against Georgia to say the very least.
2: As is typical with the college football playoff semifinals, most of the games were duds and have been for yep. now 8 years of the the playoff. Generally the championship games have been good. But yeah. the the semifinals have been duds and both of these were again and yeah, I mean, it's who would have thought that the Alabama-Cincinnati game was the better game of the two?
1: It really was. And I, I never felt like Cincinnati was out of it until they just ran out of time. But they they just, I don't know what, you know, their defense, you, we talked about this before the podcast played, I thought, great. I thought Alabama didn't try to challenge their corners because they knew they couldn't and that they wouldn't win that way. And so they they, they definitely made a concerted effort mm-hmm. to, to run the football. Um but you just, needed, you just needed a couple of points, man. It just, I, I, I just didn't think that Alabama could shut them down that well.
2: I just thought the offensive game plan was far too conservative for a team like that. Yeah. yeah. Alabama's defensive line was tearing your offensive line apart. Why aren't you rolling Desmond mm-hmm. Ritter out? He's fine. on. Yeah. The, he's not a quarterback that just sits in the pocket. You can roll him out. Why didn't you? I, I just thought that the, the offensive play calling was unimaginative. And and it yeah. cost them. I mean, you had to take some chances. You needed to make some plays. You know, I mean, you know, yeah. You, know, you said batted. They had a wide open slant route at the end zone that got batted down. That happens. But I just yeah. thought, as, as a rule, rule their their play calling was far too conservative for that game. When their defense was yeah. balling. their defense was yeah. incredible that game. And they gave up some rush yards, sure, but they weren't giving up big plays. Alabama right. wasn't really able to pass it over the top on them. I mean, they were the the defense did exactly what you needed them to do in that game. You just needed the offense yeah. to try something. Yeah,
1: yeah, I agree. it was It was a bad it was a bad game plan, all the way around. And um, and then Michigan, I I'm disappointed for for them for Jim Harbaugh, all of that. I just expected a much better game. Was pretty surprised how well Georgia played. To be honest with you, I didn't. I didn't. Stetson expect Bennett that. played didn't... a lot
2: better than I expected he could.
1: Yeah, I didn't think he could do that in a big mm-hmm. game. Like, he looked so bad against Alabama. He's going to get him again, so we'll see just what he learned against you know an elite program like Alabama. But he he held his water pretty good against. Needless to say, against Michigan, he was he was lights out. You know for for what they wanted him to do. And Todd Munkin had a nice plan, and you could see where the coaching had had Michigan dialed in. You know they 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 game planned them. I mean they really did. Mm-hmm. They they knew exactly how to they were going to attack, and they attacked them that way. And you know, sometimes the other guys are good, too. So we'll talk more about the bowl games. They, the, the ones on New Year's Day were unbelievable. The Rose Bowl, oh, my gosh. What a game. I, You know, I was in my element because I had nowhere to go. I was up here in uh, New Jersey, uh, just across uh, from the Holland Tunnel, actually, and uh, decided not to venture out because it was rainy. I've never heard my name said so many times <laughs> affectionately. You know, how great Stroud is. What a great game Stroud is having. Oh, my goodness. He's got to be a Heisman favorite next year. This Stroud kid. So, you know, that helped me, even though I'm not related to CJ. But, you know what? Made me feel better just the same. But he had a fun out a bowl record, not just a Rose Bowl record, a bowl record, right? Like over 500 something yards passing in six touchdowns.
2: Crazy. It's crazy good. Ohio State looked really Jackson, good. Well, Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, the- bowl record for receiving yeah. yards too, 300 and whatever he had
1: yeah how about that and they were a bunch of guys opted out and you know got to see marvin harrison jr was phenomenal looks just like his dad by the way um he's bigger so yeah that was yeah he is bigger yeah he is much bigger but that was entertaining that was a that was a it was a fun new year's day a lot of a lot of interesting bowl games i was kind of happy that arkansas beat penn state i don't know why i Maybe I'm a John Daly fan now, I don't know. Might have been why. I like their coach. Coach is good. Mm-hmm. Um didn't see many others, but uh mm-hmm. but yeah, it was it was a good we'll we'll talk about the college bowls for sure. Meanwhile, why I mentioned I went to the Lightning, so um I was happy that at least Elliot was back in net. They didn't have Vasilevsky um on Saturday, but they did have Elliot and I don't know, like I, I don't know how good the Rangers are, whether they're any good or not.
2: They are. They're, um, no, they're very good.
1: Oh, they're very good. Okay, yeah, no, so they're very good. Yeah, I know well, Goudreau's back with them, right? Barclay, is mm-hmm. that right? He's, yeah, scored two goals Rangers. on Friday night. Two goals, and yeah, he did really well. And um, you know, they they fought their butts off and uh, pulled pulled Elliot with a little over two minutes to go and got the goal to tie it up. And I thought, oh boy. This is the one. They're going to come back and win this overtime game. You watch. Uh, but they couldn't get it done in the overtime period and then went to a shootout, and they lost the shootout. And then the game, they did get a point. But um, that was a tough one to watch because I just, I just felt like they were right there, man. They well, and really
2: Elliott gave up two goals. I mean, you know, with oh him playing, God, playing the so puck, bad. it wasn't wasn't him not stopping it. It's He had two glaring turnovers trying to play the puck, and they went right in the net. Yeah, without that, yeah, they probably win that game.
1: They win the game. Yeah, he gave them He gave them two, and they, they, you know, and they would have, they had the one goal lead, and then and then um, you know, had to come back and tie it up late. But yeah, that goal was was probably the difference for yeah. sure.
2: And then Sunday, the Lightning. You didn't see the game, but Lightning were in New York. It was back to back essentially, or you know, home and home. Uh, didn't play poorly. A lot of shots on net. I mean, they had a lot of pressure. Shostakin was really good. For New York on Sunday, they lose four nothing. They give up two power play goals early to Zabinajad. Ends up down three nothing at the end of the first. Despite the fact they outplay the Rangers in the first, um, it was it was one of those nights. Vasilevsky was back, Sorelli was back, Chernek back from injury. But some of those guys looked a little out of sync. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. the hard part about the COVID stuff is you can't go to the rink, you can't go out. You're quarantining. I mean, you can mm-hmm. work out, but you're not skating. You're not you know doing all that stuff. You know, and John Cooper after the game said, "Look, it's going to take you know these guys a couple games to get back in sync." And and Eric Chernax missed what eighteen the last twenty-one games. You know, so he was back Mm -hmm. Um, two different stints of injuries there. So uh, good news that they're getting players back. Not the results. I mean, you've given up seventeen goals in the last three games.
1: Yeah, that's
2: not that's not not good. But that's also why you build up a big lead at the beginning of the season. And by doing well at the beginning of the season, you're o two and one your last three games you know you're, you're still in good shape so you, you need to turn it around you have a game in Columbus tomorrow night uh, then you get a couple of home games this week um, Calgary and Boston Thursday Saturday so you'd like to start seeing Lightning start munching some points again
1: yeah they need to do that and, uh, and obviously get Basilewski back between the pipes will help too you just mm-hmm. realize how much he does for this hockey team and Elliot you know the, the two egregious giveaway goals um, cost them that game for sure but even just the say, I mean, you forget how good Andre is until mm-hmm. somebody else has to play, and it's almost unfair to whoever else is in net. Um, but man, you just keep thinking, you know. Well, he probably would have stopped that one, or and you take it, you kind of take it for granted. But he makes them mm-hmm. Stanley Cups champions. It's just, it's just, yeah. he's just that good.
2: And Vasilevsky you know. hadn't played in twelve days. It was his last right. game? You know, with the Christmas break, so he, the cancellations, and then yeah. him being on the COVID list. So. You know, it, yeah. traditionally when he comes back from long breaks off, whether it's like all-star breaks or even just, you know, sitting a week because you just didn't have games yeah. and maybe the, you know, backup goalie played, whatever. He's usually a little rusty for a game or two. And, and you yeah. know, I mean, he was good on Sunday, but he wasn't Andre Vasilewski great. So you hope that, yeah. you know, by Tuesday he's back in rhythm now, you know, get a yeah. practice on today and then the game tomorrow night. You hope that it'll be a better performance.
1: Yeah, I'm certain he will be. So we'll talk to uh, we'll talk to Bruce Arians uh, later today. We'll have that for you. You can go to TampaBay.com. Check that out at the Tampa Bay Times. Um, there'll be, I'm sure, probably a fallout, you know, not just from Antonio Brown, but a number of injuries that uh, we'll have to discuss as well. And we'll talk more about the college football final between Alabama and Georgia coming up next week. So lots going on as well as the Lightning, of course, as they continue their road trip. Appreciate you guys listening. It was a unique Sunday at MetLife Stadium. I hope we covered it all. If not, we'll think of some other things. But Antonio Brown, no longer a Buccaneer, according to Bruce Arians, and probably for the best and maybe not for Antonio. We'll see where they go from here. Bucks with a chance to get their 13th win, of course, on Sunday in the final game of the regular season and uh, see where their their seeding is, a chance to get the number two seed in the NFC. So we'll check all of that out and give it to you. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. We're here every Monday through Friday for Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day everybody.